Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we discuss sustainable impact investing, creating portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as we explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, how are you? I'm doing good. It's uh, early for me. We don't usually record this early in the day. <laughs> Has the I am not. I am on my second cup. I am not nice. a morning person, just so everybody knows. <laughs> okay. And I am doing this recording from our camper. I love technology. Right? Is, the is, digital is, nomad thing. And yeah. here I am doing the recording. Off the beaten path. Love it. I, yeah. I, I kind of always thought you as somebody who just was totally like, you could go camping in a drop of a hat. You could, you know, oh, go hike I, someplace. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love camping. When, when I was a kid, that was what we did for vacations was camp. Yeah. And I have such fond memories of that. I will say at my age though, sleeping on the ground, not I, favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> so the camper's great. That was, that's funny because my next question was what age were you? when the air mattresses was no longer an option or the, the rolled bed was no longer an option. And I'll just be very transparent for me. It was about 37. Yeah. I was going to say probably early forties. I was yeah. like, um, no. Yeah. And then, nope. yeah, we did continue to camp, but we bought a really nice air bed for oh, camping. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so that worked for a while, but yeah. that is not what we're here to talk about today. Okay. Well, sorry. We got off track. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? So today we're going to talk about, uh, well, it's November and uh, this is on a lot of people's minds. So we want to talk about year end giving. Okay. Nice. Charitable Love giving. It. Yeah. 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 It's it, right now, you know, for the next two months, people are going to get email after email after email from a lot of different organizations that want you to contribute to them, give them money. I would, I would absolutely love that if it would take the place of all the political crap that I get in my oh mailbox my gosh. right now. <laughs> yes. Bring it on, charities. Bring it on. Because right. if you can drown out those yahoos. Right. Please. Oh, yes. Well, we're just a few days away from Election Day. And mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll hope that goes away. And texts. Oh, my gosh. I get so many texts. Yes. So, uh, and before I go on to the charitable giving, I just want to say, if you hear snoring... It's my pug. <laughs> it's not either one of us. <laughs> no. Usually when I record, I lock her in another room mm -hmm. because she snores really loud and I can hear her right now. So she's literally under my feet. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Keep your feet warm. That's that's the important. That's the pug's job. Absolutely. All right. Charitable giving. We all get these emails. We think about it. And I just want to say in terms of how that relates to investing, there are a couple different ways that you can do your year in charitable giving. Um, one, of course, is cash. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of places want to, to give them cash because they can use that if it's unrestricted for anything that they might need, yep. um, which is great. You know, there's so many different organizations out there and we're going to talk about that a little more in a minute. There's also the type of urine charitable giving where there are food drives and coat drives. And uh, that's actually a really great time to clear out your closet. Mm-hmm. you know, yep. <laughs> or your pantry. Uh, I will say that one of the local food organizations in Santa Fe does prefer to get cash rather than a jar of peanut butter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know why, right? Yeah, well, the, the dollar for them goes a lot farther than the dollar for us. Quite honestly, if we can yes. donate one jar of peanut butter, if we donated the cash that costs to buy that peanut butter, they could probably get two jars of peanut butter, quite honestly. Exactly. And, you know, while they're not going to turn away a jar of peanut butter, um, you know, we gave away a number of things that were unopened in our pantry as we were moving. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're in the process of doing, right? From state to state. Nobody wants to lug a lot of food. Exactly. (laughs) Plus there wasn't any room. So we gave that stuff away, which is great. Um, But again, a lot of these organizations, especially when you're talking about food systems and food organizations, non- nonprofits in the food sector, cash is king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To use a uh, odd uh, investment phrase. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, but the thing is, is that, that it's possible through our conversations, I, I know this, it's possible to, and I'm using air quotes on a podcast, mm-hmm. give, <laughs> give cash in a way that works really well for whether it's your taxes or your overall investment plan, right? There's Absolutely. ways that you can kind of give cash while not actually handing them cash. Exactly. So I want to talk about some of those things in terms of um, tax benefits as well. Okay. So when we're looking at tax benefits, if you keep track of your annual cash charitable giving, you can write that off on your uh, taxes. Now, mm-hmm. again, I want to mention, even though I say this at the end of the podcast, I'm not a tax advisor. So please check with your personal CPA or tax advisor before doing any of these potential charitable giving things that we might discuss. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're getting to the end of the year, it and it doesn't quite look like we're going to see as much of this in 2022. But if we look at last year, for example, there were a lot of people with huge capital gains that they were holding in their investments. One of the things you can do is if your charitable organization that you're interested in giving to has their own investment account, you can donate appreciated stock to that nonprofit, which Mm -hmm. is a great way to save taxes for you and the nonprofit does not pay taxes on that. So when they sell those stocks that you've gifted, they're not going to pay the capital gains that you would have to pay. Great way to pass on, on, on that tax burden, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which actually goes away for those nonprofits. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of clients who get to the end of the year and say, I want to donate uh, this stock or that stock. And, and we, we really work to make that happen for them. 
it's been interesting over the years to see some of the organizations that people donate stock to. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever done that? Have you ever donated stock? I've never donated stock. uh, And and mainly because I've never had uh, accounts with individual stock, right? We always, Hmm. everything was wrapped up in 401ks or things that wouldn't have been something where we could donate like that. Uh So for people who do not have the ability to donate stock, and there's a lot of people out there, maybe they're, they're in their early 20s, mid 20s, and they still want to participate in supporting nonprofits that they believe in. Cash. Um, Again, as we mentioned, Mm -hmm. donating even as little as $10 a month, most organizations will have um, ways that you can give monthly. Mm-hmm. And and I do that to a number of, of places. Three right now, I think, that I'm giving monthly donations to. And and that does help a little bit in terms of the ow factor or waiting till the end of the year and saying, oh my gosh, I really wanted to give $150 to this organization, but I don't have that. And then the 200 for that one. And then, you know, so if mm-hmm. you're doing a monthly giving campaign, so much easier on the budget. Yeah. And, and you can absolutely budget for it. Right. Absolutely. And then, and a lot of them I'm, I'm assuming are just going to be automatic, right? It's automatic deduction, um, yep. however you're doing it. So it's, it's kind of sight unseen, right? Once it's, since it's already gone, you didn't count on it anyway, and you're doing absolutely. good. Absolutely. Now let's talk about some of our favorite charitable organizations. If you want to, you don't have to share Eric, but you do usually like to. So we'll, we'll give you that opportunity as well. So in the last couple of years, I have personally been giving to an organization, uh, two different organizations actually that help young girls in Southern Africa. And I've learned a lot connecting with these organizations Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I wouldn't have known about them except that one of them contacted me personally and, and wanted to, to be on the podcast. And I fell in love with the organization. So we do have a recording that we did with them. I think it came out in January, 2021, or maybe it was 22. I am losing track. We're on podcast 80. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ton of them. Right. So I think when you're looking at charitable giving, it's important to match those organizations that you want to give money to, Mm -hmm. to your personal interests, just like we talk about with your investments. And I want to also stress, if it's an organization that you don't know much about, um, you can get a copy of their 990 filing, which they file with the IRS every year. Mm -hmm. And that will tell you how much money is going to the organization, how much is going to overhead, how much is going to salaries. So you can get a better sense of the work that that organization might be doing. And I think it's a good thing to do, especially if it's a new organization to you Mm -hmm. Um, or one that's not local. It's easy with local organizations. I think it's easier to get a better sense of what they're doing in your community. I got to tell you something. Yes. There's a lady on TikTok that is. Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) This is what she does. She 
she actually gets the 990s and she reads them and she shows you the lines and she'll tell you what the charity is doing and, and what the salary is and how much they got uh, in, in contributions and so on and so forth. And she has really called, it's a small, it doesn't look like she has a ton of followers at this point, but as people understand it more, she she's really calling some of these charities on the carpet. I'm not going to name any of them, but there was a couple that she absolutely called on the carpet and it was, Oh, well, here's, here's how much they brought in and the salary for the, the, you know, the, the main person running it, I don't know if you call it CEO or whatever, um, their salary is $750,000 a year. And you're like, ah. really, Re oh. this is what you're doing with this money. And it's, and it's, she doesn't, she doesn't actually make any judgments on it. She's just, all factual. So here's the thing. Here's what here's what they brought in. Here's what they're paying out in salaries. Here's what actually went into the community or went into these multiple communities. And it's it's eye opening. And she's highlighted some that are really really good as well. So it's it's but it's it's eye opening because people just don't know. I'm I'm donating this money. How much of your dollar is actually going to the people that you are thinking that you're helping? If you donate a dollar and eleven cents of that dollar goes to help people, that's a problem. It is right? a problem. That's you're a right. Problem. And and, and we do see that in yeah. some organizations. And so it, as you're just pointing out, it's a really good idea to do a little bit of research if it's an organization you don't know anything about. Yep. And I'm just going to say, Eric, I, somehow, some way, I think you're going to get me on TikTok. <laughs> you bring up these things all the time. And, and I'm like, Oh, interesting. I really need to see this. Oh, but TikTok. Do it's, I <laughs> yeah, it's it can am be I a trap. Too, it can. And am I too old for TikTok? Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Are you too old to learn? Well, no. But well, there you go. Because there's so much cooking on TikTok. There's there's like DIY on TikTok. There is a lot of garbage there. Don't get me wrong. It, oh, right. it, it can be a complete trap of just junk. However, you get to choose who you follow and, and that helps to, you know, show on your feed what you actually like. And so, yeah, that's it can, true. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about social media, which for some people is overwhelming and other people you're starting to despise it um, with some of the changes going on. And we won't mention any company in particular um, that just had a major change in management <laughs> and ownership. <laughs> But, you know, people do get overwhelmed in the social media sphere. And I, I think as long as we are being cautious and just a little bit judgmental, maybe on what we're watching, maybe judgmental isn't the right word, but, you know, we're, we need to really focus on what's real and what isn't. So mm -hmm. let's yep. talk about some real organizations that, um, for me personally, have been um, life-changing. They've been life-changing. And just looking at the work that they're doing, here's an example for me. In Santa Fe, where I used to live just a month ago, <laughs> that, you know, for, for me and my wife, we've been donating to um, what used to be, you know, a, a women's crisis center, but now it's a, a service for anyone in crisis. So children, um, couples, adults of uh, any gender, and they're there for people who have been through some sort of major crisis in their life. And I, you know, have um, 
I have used their services in the past. Mm -hmm. Now it's been more than 20 years, but I think when you have that direct experience with an organization, you feel connected to it and, you know, and then you want to volunteer and get involved. And I think that is a process that some people take other people. And I have some clients who have significant amounts of money and want to donate that to different organizations. They get a little overwhelmed to be honest with you. And this Mm -hmm. has been my experience. Where do we give? How do we give? I'm interested in this thing. You know, uh, climate change comes up a lot. I'm interested in women's issues. I'm, you know, whatever happens to be. And there is a lot out there. Yeah. To be honest. So, uh, you know, it's when these clients come to me and say, where do I give? What's the best way? Do I do stock to this organization? Do you know, is it cash? Is cash better? I have had a couple of clients that we have sat down and researched charitable organizations, both locally and nationally, well, internationally as well, and helped them focus on their charitable giving plan. It's fun. I like it. It's research. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things about um, doing that work is I have been exposed to a number of nonprofits that I didn't know anything about, which is really helpful for other clients. So charitable giving planning is certainly part of the process that we can do for clients at Horizons. So just keep that in mind. Next time you don't don't know what to donate to, Eric, I gotcha. Got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do want to just uh, mention a website that yes. I have in a past life. I did some, some stuff with some charitable work uh, and uh, one of the websites that they used to help people find charities that they liked and that did the research was charity navigator. Have you heard of that? I have not. I'm so writing char- that down. Yep. Charitynavigator.org. And that is one site that you can go and you can look up your charity and it will give you the rating that they have. They, they're, they open the nine nineties and they go through the nine nineties and they report what they find. Right. So there's, there's a couple different sites that do that. Um, another site that, as I was just looking at, um, is givewell.org. And I I don't know that that one one. I've heard of. Yeah. Okay. And I I don't know that one as well. Uh, but I know that, uh, the folks that we were working with, uh, they got into charity navigator and they found, a lot of great information and they found some charities that they're like, wait a second, you know, they're, they're thinking about giving to, and then they realized not as much of my dollar goes to where it's supposed to go to. So they avoided that one and they give other suggestions and, you know, of, you know, so if you want to end hunger, right. They have, oh, yes. th- that's a category. So you just look at all these different charities and you can figure out which one you want to give to where your dollar is going to have the most impact, or maybe it's localized specifically. There's one for Africa. There's one for, uh, I saw one for Haiti. So it depends on where you want to give to and what you want to do. There's different charities for that. And they'll give you the ranking and, and tell you why they ranked them like that. So there's a lot of, lot of good information out there. Excellent. Eric, I think this is a, a, a great time to introduce a guest that I had hoped to bring on for today. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's bring him on. His name is uh, Jack. 
Shellman. And I, I, Jack, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> That's perfect. Shellman. Hi, hi, Kim. Thank you so much for, for having me. This is great. Yeah. So Eric and I have been chatting about uh, different ways people can do charitable giving, different types of charitable giving. And when you contacted me about the nonprofit you work for, I was incredibly fascinated by the the process that you do. It's not just giving to a single charity. Right. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to to talk about what you do, but what you're really focused on your organization, the Global Returns Project is different solutions for our environment based on the UN Sustainable Development Goals, four of those. So Jack, exactly. why, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your organization? Absolutely. Well, delighted to. Um, and what an interesting and important topic in terms of charitable giving. I mean, we, we think a lot about this and the relevance of, you know, charitable giving, especially as you mentioned, when it comes to the climate, you know, the relevance for investing. And what we talk about a lot is, you know, obviously all kinds of charitable giving is really important, right? right. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, to us, there's an even, you know, almost more important sort of focus that needs to be placed on, you know, the, the charities, the not-for-profit organizations that are tackling the climate crisis and, that, and, and, and why that, raise those, you know, out, out from anything else, you know, what, what we talk about is, you know, there are certain climate solutions when you think about what are the things that are really going to make a difference on tackling climate change, there are certain climate solutions that that charitable organizations are really, you know, the best ones, they're best poised to address them. And they do it, you know, faster than than governments. They do it more effectively often than market mechanisms like sustainable investing, even though that's obviously extremely important as well. Of course it is, because that's what I do, right? <laughs> absolutely. A absolutely. And what we say is you have to have all of it, right? But too often, right. too often people forget about the charitable part. And to us, it's so important that we actually, we try and talk about climate charities a little bit differently. And we try and bring them rather than just talking about them as a form of philanthropy. We actually really, as you, as you know, Kim, you know, we try and bring them into conversations about asset allocation and our, I, I love that approach because as you said, a number of people think, well, I'm doing sustainable investing with this money and, and I'm very focused on the impact that I want that to happen, but how much are they giving to charities that are fighting, especially the climate crisis or against other um, issues that might be top of their mind. Um, I want to talk about the portfolio because this isn't, we don't call this an investment. Um, if people decide they want to give to the global returns project, you, not you personally, but you know, that your organization creates this portfolio. So tell us about the portfolio. Absolutely. So just, I mean, you know, if we think about climate nonprofits, climate charities as this sort of new form of quote unquote 
asset class, one that's not giving a financial return, but from our perspective, it gives what we call a global return, which is you know, enhancing and protecting our planet in a real and identifiable way. Well, if you think about these organizations in that way, then it makes sense to carry that asset allocation analogy even further. And, and that's really what the Global Returns Project is here to do. It's here to apply a fund management approach to a portfolio, again, quote unquote, portfolio of these climate charities. So we, we, we curate a portfolio that we call the Global Returns Portfolio. It's a curated selection of diverse, effective, and scalable climate charities or climate not-for-profits that are doing that work of protecting the planet. And what we talk about is they're regenerating the planet in ways that even the very best sustainable investing, you know, sometimes struggles to do. So this is really a regenerative complement to all of the, the critical work that sustainable investing does that obviously we need to be mainstream for all investors. Right. So- and I, I want to jump in here because uh, what I like about your organization is folks can give directly to the Global Returns Project, and then you're taking that money and it is going to multiple different nonprofits who are working on climate issues, um, water issues, land issues. And those, again, as I mentioned, um, relate to four of the UN's SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. So climate action, life below water, life on land. Life on land, absolutely. And And then- and the fourth is clean water and sanitation. And our and our portfolio focuses on those first three. And yeah. what we talk about is, you know, these are the SDGs that it's most difficult for even the very, very best sustainable investing to get to. And again, that's not a dig at sustainable investing at all. That needs to be the mainstream. But it's just a reality that, you know, certain climate solutions just don't give a financial return, right? And if, yeah. if I if I can, Kim, there's an interesting example from from a portfolio organization that might sort of illustrate this. Yes, share that example with us. That's that's perfect. One of the organizations in the portfolio is uh, a group of environmental lawyers, and they um, use the law to help train other environmental lawyers and hold polluters to account and do all these important things. One of the most interesting things they've done is they um, used they sued uh, the, Europe's largest greenhouse gas emitter, which is a coal plant in Poland called Belhatov, nice. and they ended up, you know, successfully uh, agreeing on the closure of that plant, which should be happening pretty soon. And that's that's a massive win for the climate because that plant over its lifetime has emitted over a billion tons of CO2. Wow. Um, and again, that- I have to tell you, my jaw is dropping. They they won and they're closing this coal plant. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a, you know, I talk about that as one of the many sort of success examples from these organizations, because if you think about it, you know, you can't invest in the successful suing and closure of a coal plant, right? You know, that's just not an activity that's investable. It's not going to give a financial return. 
but we know it is extremely effective. So that's the kind of solution that we're looking for in this portfolio. That's amazing. And, you know, it's, as you said, it doesn't give a financial return, but it's giving a um, climate return. Exactly. We talk a lot on this um, podcast about what's happening in climate and, and stopping the rise of our temperatures. And, and I think that number is, you know, we don't want to get above another 1.5 degrees Celsius from where we are now. It's probably a spot if we get there that is um, unattainable to reverse. Right. Right. So when folks give to the Global Returns Project, again, as I mentioned before, they are giving to multiple charities who are working on these climate issues. This is a tax-deductible donation for people in the U.S. as well, correct? That's right. Yeah. So let me, if I can, let me just sort of explain how it sort of works in practice. Yes. Um, so, so we curate this portfolio. We have a team of world-class climate scientists who are on our technical advisory board, They've helped us develop our own methodology for selecting and assessing these groups. So there's six not-for-profits in the portfolio right now. We plan to continue expanding it, and we review the portfolio every six months and produce impact reports. So if we find that an, an organization starts to underperform according to our methodology, we will consider replacing them with an even better performing organization. So that's the portfolio as it is. And when someone contributes, um, when someone makes a donation, uh, the, the contribution is split equally among the constituent organizations. Again, there's six at the moment. Um, the Global Returns Project itself, which is what I you know, run on a day-to-day -day basis, we don't take any deductions from donations. So 100% that's donated goes out split between the constituent organizations. And for U.S. donors in particular, now I'm actually calling, as you, you um, might know, Kim, from, from London. So we're right. a London-based organization, which means that there's just a funny way to, to donate, but it's actually very simple and, as you mentioned, um, allows for that tax deductibility. So um, anyone can go to, um, there's a URL, which is tinyurl.com slash global returns. And that takes you to a form where you um, contribute through our US affiliate, which is uh, Charities Aid Foundation America. And essentially just donating through CAF America allows US donors to get that tax deductibility and allow the donation to come um, to these organizations. That's perfect. And I just want to highlight that uh, something you just said, because Eric and I were just talking about how you review nonprofits and where the money goes and, you know, the, the different ways people can do that. And you just said that you take zero dollars from these donations to right. use for the operations. So you're getting funded for your operations in another way. And I think this is really important. And, and Eric, as I said, Eric and I have been, been chatting about that. Um, so uh, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so you don't sound very British. <laughs> <laughs> How 
how did you end up working in London with the Global Returns Project? Is this yes. just a passion for you or? <laughs> it's a fair, fair question. I, yeah, um, yeah my, you, you might be able to hear, I'm originally from Arlington, Virginia. So um, yes, the other side of the Atlantic, I ended up get coming over to the UK on a two-year Marshall scholarship. And that was um, for my sort of postgraduate degrees. And then I ended up staying um, because I found this opportunity and um, actually started working with the Global Returns Project right when it was launched um, in 2020, end of 2020. Um, and I, I think I've ended up staying over here in part exactly as you said, because I think this is such an interesting approach. I mean, what I like about what we're doing at the Global Returns Project is it's a pretty you know, simple idea actually at its heart, which is, you know, treating climate charities like a form of investment and making it easy for people to give to the very best. But, you know, when you think about it, if everybody did that, if that was just a normal part of everybody's asset allocation, you know, giving a very small amount to the best climate charities, that would really be transformative for the You're way right. that we, you know, the way, yeah, absolutely. The way we we think about our investing and especially, you know, the way that we deal with the climate crisis. And just to sort of wrap up the, uh, some, some interesting statistics we think about a lot in terms of what this could mean if everybody did this. Um, first of all, right now, less than 2% of global philanthropic giving goes to climate mitigation efforts. Mm, so, ouch. yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> and, and again, there's a lot of important philanthropy out there, but, you know, that climate mitigation needs to be bigger. And then the second thing is, um, you know, studies say that nature-based climate solutions alone, if they were properly funded, could help sequester up to 11 billion tons of CO2 every year. And many of the organizations in our portfolio are focused on that kind of nature-based solution. Amazing. And 11 tons, that's a mind-blowing number. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to also mention here that your website for people who are interested in, in looking at what you're doing is globalreturnsproject.earth. And there's some interesting statistics on here as well. And people will find um, how you do what you do, your methodology, all of that. Thank you for sharing the story of how you got involved in, in this organization. I always find that interesting. And I, I appreciate knowing that. Eric, do you have any questions for our guest, Jack? Jack, it's fantastic to meet you. I, I'm so glad that you joined the conversation today. Um, when it comes to just overall giving, right? What do you think the biggest hurdle for folks is? I mean, is it is it their concern about not having enough or not having enough for their family? Or um, is it a concern about where the money's actually going to go? What have you seen? That's a great question. And, and so nice to be talking with you too, Eric. I mean, our our perspective on that is the, the biggest, well, first of all, it's worth saying we think a lot about behavioral science. We have a behavioral scientist on our advisory board. Nice. And one of the things she's helped us think about a lot is that there's a huge amount of friction involved with the typical process 
for giving to charities, right? There's friction with, you know, choosing the right one. There's friction involved with, with finding out if anything has happened, you know, once you make your donation, you know, did the money do what you wanted it to do? And what we're really trying to do here is, you know, reduce all that friction as much, much as possible. And that's, I think, you know, to, to answer your question, those are the hurdles we're trying to, to tackle. So we're trying to say, you know, when it comes to these powerful charitable climate solutions that do so much, you know, we're going to, we're going to remove the friction and identify the very best, not just, you know, sort of locally, but some of the very best around the world. And we're going to curate a diverse portfolio of them. And then we're going to remove the friction associated with those questions of, well, what's happening? You know, what's, where's the money going? And that's that fund management approach of reporting on performance. And those are those six monthly impact reports that we put out. So what we're really trying to say is let's just make this as easy for people as possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. It is. And one quick question, Jack, not only, I mean, obviously you take um, cash donations. Does the Global Returns Project also take appreciated stock donations? We, not through the, the current U.S. donor form as it stands, but what we're really trying to do is, you know, expand and be flexible to people. So, um, you know, we're, we're relatively early days as a, as a group ourselves, and that's a great, yes. that's a great point. Yeah, well, let's work on that, too. So thank you so much for joining us, Jack, and, and just being here today and talking about how giving to nonprofits should be part of your asset allocation. And I, I do agree with that. So I, I think it's a, a wonderful conversation to have had today. Thank you. Oh, one, wonderful. Thank, thank you, Kim. And, and just my, my last point would be, as, as you know, what, we've, what we talk about with people is, you know, you don't have to be a, a multi-billionaire to, to do something like this. What we say is, you know, if everybody gave a quarter of a percent of their savings and investments every year to something like this, that would really make a difference. And, you know, obviously anyone can start wherever they want, but that quarter of a percent idea is something that, you know, actually a lot of people could, could start with something like that and make a difference. Those listeners who are interested in participating in the Global Returns Project, how do they get a hold of you or the organization to make a donation? Absolutely. So I'll just sort of reiterate that process for U.S. donors. So the form to donate is tinyurl.com slash global returns. And then there's just two pieces of information you have to remember from that. You put in the Global Returns Project Limited in the organization name section, along with our charity number, which is 1186683. And then you put that same information in the grant purpose information. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, we're happy to clarify any of that for anyone who'd like to get in touch with us. My email is jack at globalreturnsproject.earth. And I'm always happy to, to talk with anyone who's interested. Excellent. And I did see a link as well on the website uh, to make it to go to the donation, I guess, portal. Is that correct? That that's true. The only thing to note there, Kim, is that's for that doesn't take you to the U.S. donor form. So just Got U.S. It. donors have to remember if you want that tax deductibility, it comes through the CAF America form, 
which is that tiny URL link I mentioned. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure that any listener who's interested gets that information. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Jack, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining. Of course, Kim, thank you for hosting. It was a great conversation overall. And yes, we, to the listener, we will try to put as much as we can in the show notes to make it as easy as possible. That was kind of one of the hurdles we were talking about trying to overcome for any type of donate, uh, donating. Uh, right. So we'll, we'll put that stuff in the show notes as much as we can. Uh, Kim, again, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Gregor Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, email us at kim at horizonssfs.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at Horizons S-U-S-T-F-I-N or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.